Dan. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight, the show where we spend time looking at an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. The hope here is that we can do a deep dive on an indie comic you may have missed or give you a chance to talk about one of your favorites with us on social media afterwards. I'm your host, Tony Farina of DC Comics News and Fantastic Universes. I've been reading comics since I was 12, and while I love a good superhero battle, I gravitate towards indie comics and standalone graphic novels because they give artists a chance to connect with readers in different ways and tell stories they may not have been able to tell with traditional comics or traditional novels. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Well, my guest today is a voice hopefully many of you are familiar with, the host of the brilliant Spider-Dan podcast. Spider-Dan himself has deigned to grace us with his presence. Spider-Dan, welcome to Indie Comic Spotlight. Thank you very much for having me. I am so delighted to be here. Uh, I, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, well, I I appreciate- I'm speechless for once. I'm speechless. Wow. Well, for those of you who've heard your appearance on our good friend Max Burns' uh, show, The Life and Death of Captain Marvel, mm. that was amazing. Speechless was not the issue, which was excellent, though, because that was yes. such a great chat. I loved hearing you talk about that. Um, so yes, please don't yeah. be speechless today, because this will no, be a no. weird, weird show. Be very boring. No, no, don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. I am... <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this. You know, you get me talking about something I love and something that's good, and even something that's bad, to be honest. And yeah, for and sure. Still maniac, hashtag uh, maniac cop. <laughs> yes, hashtag maniac cop. Yes. <laughs> that's oh, also, I, that's a banger of a show, too. That was oh, a great one. Yeah, uh, that was that was a fun one. Um, I, I do like I do like having uh, on Spider Down and the Secret Balls. I do like having a variety of guests when I can and a variety of topics. Um, I'm hoping to do a bit more comic book stuff this year. Um, we're gonna. I'm the next one. Our next uh, next pod next two podcasts are on comics. In fact, um, so uh, do you want do you want spoilers? Do you want do you want? I mean, if you want to, if we're breaking news here exclusive and exclusive so i've been contacted by the creators of a comic book called uh, invasion from planet wrestletopia oh my god what a name exactly and i was like and they were like sold have us on the podcast <laughs> yeah i was like well, what? aliens wrestling cults everything i was like yes absolutely Let's have you guys on whenever we can. So we're going to record next Tuesday, I believe. Um, I've tried to, I've, I've had to work out all the time zones. One of them's in Canada, one of them's in America, and I'm in Manchester. Sure. So, so it's, been, it's been tricky to organize, but, but we've got that. And then me and Dennis are going to look at the original Spider-Man clone saga. Whoa, you're going for it. Yeah, so not, not, not the 90s one, not the 90s oh, oh. one. So we're going. We're going all the way back to the seventies when uh, when Gwen Stacy was resurrected. Wow, you're going way back, nineteen seventies style. Nice. Mm. I hope you guys wear some awesome clothes for the show. Oh, of course. Yeah, we've we've got our flared trousers. We're Me, yeah, right. Shoes no. with goldfish in them. Yeah. yeah. Well, this appearance. We're recording this on the ninth. This will be out the twenty sixth of February. So maybe mm. this will coincide with. Yeah, we'll kind of crossover. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, because right? we both come out on Fridays. And that's the best day. It is, and that was the day we just last Friday we had a Max Burn doubleheader. I know, and and he decided to to just you know give us the double predator. 
feels. He gave us the goods. That guy, he's he, what a guy. Love that guy. He's and again, that was, guy. you know, it was, it was, you know, as I joined the team. And so, you know, you kind of see who's following who. So that's why I got to know Jack, who's a big fan of yours. And um, yes, my and then, biggest you know, fan. He's he is the biggest fan. He and I started the Buffy show now, which which yes. came out, which which is fun. So it's just been a great. So now I feel like getting to meet you is great. I've got to meet so many amazing people. Most of you are in England, which is which is good uh, because I work from home, and so it's it's good times. Like I can just take a break in the middle of the day whenever I want for an hour and do do this, and then jump back into work. And most people over there are free in the evening, so it's it's actually a it's been great fun. So I'm thrilled to meet you, and I'm thrilled to have you here. And breaking news, Clone Saga. I mean, that's going to be super yes. cool. I can't wait to read that. I can't wait to hear that. I should go back and yeah. read it again. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a collection they made quite recently. Um, and it features the original Clone Saga. It features the Carrion Saga, or the Carrion Saga. How yeah, yeah. You um, and then it kind of sort of leads in to the, the 90s Clone Saga. Nice. Which, it's been which, a long time. Which we are going to cover as well, but we want to we want to start where it all began first, and then we'll go in into the the good and the bad of of the Nazis. That's, that's awesome! No, I can't wait. Yeah, I've got Marvel Unlimited, so I'm assuming I can get it on there. I, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. It's all there. Um, so, I mean, I've got I've got it on Comixology. It's a particular collection, but usually when they when they release something on Comixology on Marvel Unlimited, it's they put the single issues up there as well. So you should be yeah. able to find those quite cool. easily. Nice. Well, I'm all because again, I probably haven't read that in 20 years and so probably when the original when the original <laughs> when the 90s one came out I probably went back and I was like what am I missing so yeah, what the hell yeah. how yeah. the hell did we get what, here what is happening well that is a great place to ask about your comic book origin story because your Ooh. name is spider dan yes. and um so obviously you're a spider-man fan or you wouldn't call yourself spider dan absolutely um, so, so tell everybody how it was little dan decided to get into comics and what happened and how you became, what, what spider bit you to make you Spider-Dan? Well, um, so I, I kind of always, when I, was, when I was very young, I was kind of born in the late 80s. So I was kind of always interested in the kind of cartoons and stuff at the time. And usually that had a kind of a comic book feel like Transformers or uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that sort of thing. But it wasn't until the kind of early 90s where it re the, the bug bit me. Um, but it wasn't Spider-Man, in fact. What? It was, it was the animated series of the X-Men. Um, that is a gateway drug for so many people. Absolutely. I, I just, I don't know what it was, but I think maybe, you know, even as, even as a young child, you know, I think I identified with feeling a little bit different or a little bit of an outsider. I think we all do in, on, at some level. We've all felt that. Um, and also, you know, I, I just, the, the, it was so adult. It was so, you know, it's hard, it's hard to explain, but the message is in there and it, and it, it didn't talk down to me. Like it took, it treated me like uh, an equal and, and, and didn't, you know, it's like, Oh, it's not a kiddie thing. It's really like, like the morph dies in the first two episodes, you know, a guy dies in a, in a cartoon. You're like, I've never seen this before. Oh my God. What, what do they do? And they're dealing with bigotry, racism, you know, uh, all this kind of all these agendas and grief and belonging and all these sort of things and and I, I just got I got on board that train and it never really stopped and then you know the gateway drug drug onto you know I knew about Spider-Man I'd seen Spider-Man I, I you know the we had like reruns of the the 60s show that cartoon show the best um, thing about that is the Ramones cover of the theme song oh love it it's on my yeah. iTunes trust yeah, me yeah I love that yeah <laughs> 
that's the best thing about the show is something the Ramones did 30 years later. But yes, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. Um, and and then, yeah, the animated Spider-Man thing. Um, again, it was very much a similar thing. It was like, again, he's very- That's much- the one with Iceman and Firestar. No, no, this was the 1994, I think. That oh, was okay, okay. Yeah, so, so we're-, we're it Wasn't uh, Spider-Friends. No, not Spider-Friends. I did, again, I saw Spider-Friends, but it never yeah. really gr- grabbed me because it wasn't sure. like- it wasn't my, you know, people say, this is my Captain America, my Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. That was my Spider-Man. That was my X-Men. Um, and and that's what just, and then after that, I was like, wait, these are based on comics? Right. Because in the UK, our comic books are very much, they were very much aimed towards kind of jokey. You've got um, Dan Dare and Dennis the Menace, not the American Dennis the Menace, which is a different thing. Um, but that was always the kind of the thing. And then they started doing these kind of reprints with these cardboard covers. Um, and they're usually like two or three years behind. So they would eventually catch up. So you had things like Wolverine Unleashed. And, um, and I think there was an, a, a Spider-Man. There was an adjective Spider-Man. I, I want to say sensational, maybe. I'm not sure. But, um, or spectacular. Was, yeah, probably. Yeah, Could have been, because be those both exist, don't they? Yeah, adjective yeah. Spider-Man. I think that's something you need to sell on the Spider-Dan website is adjective, just <laughs> right adjective Spider-Man. I would buy that shirt. If you made that, I would 100% buy that. That's genius. Insert, insert your own adjective here. <laughs> and everyone who's who is a nerd would get that. Everyone else would be like, I don't understand. But at, you'd see a nerd and they'd be like, ha ha. I think, awesome. I, think I, re- I think I read a Daredevil comic where he's making fun of him. He was like, he was like, well, I'd, I'd like I'd like another nickname other than the man without fear, but somebody seems to steal all the adjectives. So, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's, awesome. that's uh, yeah. I, lo- I love that. I love that. So, um, but yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of and it's just been a kind of I, d- I did kind of fall out with with comics for a while when it was when I was a bit of a teenager. I f- fell out. Um, I was I was kind of interested in acting as well and some other stuff, and I kind of fell out because I was I was too cool for school. Um, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to do anything that that kind of I could have fallen down and failed at basically and not looked cool at. Because uh, as a teenager, doing nothing is cool. It is for whatever reason. Yeah. Don't ask me why, but that's that's just the way it is, and it always kind of has been. Um, but then, kind of, I, I I was into wrestling for like really got into wrestling for a bit, and then that kind of fell away. And then I I picked up comics. I think I picked up um, like it was like a Ghost Rider crossover. I think it was like Rise of the Midnight Suns, and that that just you know lit my fire again, and then I started, uh, and I've kind of never stopped really. Um, nice. Kind of, reading and and taking in that information i've got i mean I'd, I'd like to have my brain full of useful information but unfortunately it's 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 i've got the backstory for ego the living planet and and things like that but i find that it's quite useful in situations like this right so it all worked out fine yeah no that's an excellent i feel like your story is pretty similar to everybody's like most of us there's a moment in time where we had to drift away whether it was because we were dumb teenagers or because we were broke I, as a um, kind of recluse book nerd, my teenage years, I was going strong with comics. Um, I had a job. I I did all the things I was supposed to do. You know, I was like a little little tiny shit town in in Michigan. So I played sports and did all this stuff, but like, I didn't party. I didn't drink. I didn't do any of that. So like my Friday night after a football game, everybody would be like, party. I'd be like, I'm going to go I haven't finished Seymour and Introduction yet. So I need to go read that. Like that was me. And so comic books were kind of my, so like that was, I'm, I'm, I, that was the late eighties, early nineties. So the image revolution happened my, during the end of my high school, beginning of my college years. So I was sucked in there. 
And it was actually then having kids a few years later when I had to, because I just couldn't afford it anymore. Yeah. And so I sold all my comics my senior year in college, actually, to pay for rent. And when it became that kind of situation where it's like food or comics, that was when I, I took a pause. So we yeah. all have moments, right? Yeah, where there's course. a break somewhere. But, it, yeah. but, the, but like you said, for most people, you get sucked back in. From that, it's like the Godfather part three, they pull you back in. Which isn't as bad as everybody says. Probably not. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reveal something to you, Tony. Um, yeah. I've only ever seen the first one. That's okay. I mean, they're fine. I know everybody yeah. says they're the greatest trilogy and and whatever, and that's fine. But it, you know, they're awful monsters. It's a, it's a movie about people who kill people, mm. um, their own family members, and they're not heroes. And and mm. I'm fine with that. I'm okay. The yeah. the the main character doesn't have to be a hero. I'm okay no. with that. I mean, I mean, but, I, I think the, the problem is a lot of people take the term hero and apply it to protagonist. Correct. And I, that, and I think that's a very different thing. Yes. And I feel like the romanticization of that. And, and I think part of it for me too is um, I'm breaking news here. So my great grandfather was a hitman. Wow. Really? Yep. And so not super proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was never one of those things that like my dad though his grandpa it was his namesake my dad was mm. named for him he yeah. thought it was he thought it was you know oh that's just what you yeah. did and so for me just kind of being raised further away from it mm. thinking like you know I mean I'll watch I, you know I, I'll watch a movie where uh, give me an ultraviolet movie give me the raid I'll watch it yeah. right yeah, yeah. but but I also understand that's a movie <laughs> I'm okay yes. with it being yeah, over there, fine. you know, but like the fact that the, the, the Godfather was so real and it was like a little close mm. to home for me. So this yeah, is kind of one of those fun. things where I just never really gotten into mafia movies. I've seen a lot of them. My dad loved yeah. them. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's like, and I, so for me, Godfather three was just fine. Yeah. I think, I think, I think for me, it's, it's my, again, my cult sensibilities where I'm yeah. like, if everyone tells me to watch something, I'm going to be like, no, I'm going to watch killer clowns from outer space instead, you know? <laughs> Which, I mean, and again, thing. and that's what you did. And there's nothing wrong with watching that either. No. Right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, that's awesome. So, well, I'm glad you're back, sucked in. And, um, you know, again, your show is great. And I know you pretend that your show is about things that the mainstream audience might find boring. Mm. And I feel like, and again, because the title, Spider, I get it. Yeah. To me, I feel like it's not boring. It's what mainstream audiences don't understand. I think you are True. being self-deprecating because you don't want to sound like a dick on your own show. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a massive dick. I'm a massive dick. <laughs> but if you were to I, say, I right, if you were to say Spider-Man and the Secret Wars, a show about things that other people just don't get, then they're going to yeah. be like, I'm not going to watch that. So I, I appreciate that you bring yeah. them in with the oh, title, yeah. but really it's that they, do, and it, they don't have to like it, but maybe they don't get it. So we've talked that sometime, mm. sometime in 2021, Mm. I will get to be a guest on your show and we could talk Hudson Hawk, which I feel yes. is a movie that people just don't get. Mm. I, I, I remember seeing it a long time ago, but I do I, I'm looking forward to the rewatch because I, oh. I think I did it, I think I did enjoy it, but again, yeah. it has been quite some I, time. It's like with that last action hero. I saw last action hero in the theater and left and looked over at my friend and was like, nobody's gonna watch this. That was the best thing I've ever seen Schwarzenegger do, and it's gonna bomb. And 100% true. Like we saw it opening day. I love that movie. There's a cartoon I, I, cat in it. 
It's one of my favorites. I know, again, it's, it's, I'm sure yeah. it's one that a lot of people don't like, but I, I think if that was released today with that, the, our kind of meta sensibilities, I think it would do much, much better. It was so far ahead of itself. And I actually think in this COVID lockdown when theaters were struggling what to do, they should have re-released that. And I think it would have, it would have done really well. Yeah, I would love to see it, not resurrected. I don't want a reboot. I just want someone to re-release it and be like, hey, everybody, this thing, this is Schwarzenegger's finest work. You should check it out. And, uh, um, I, don't think anyone, I don't think anyone's going to say it's his finest work. I think so. That's again my again. That's, my your, that's your that's your personal preference. I respect that. I, I yeah. think it's a very I think it's a very good film. I think it's very underrated and definitely is worth a, a, maybe a secret defenders, uh, which is my show where people yeah. come on to defend their underrated, infamous or obscure. Um, but the title, yeah, the title is kind of it's a play on words with obviously yeah. secret secret wars and Spider Dan. Um, but it's kind of it, it was the best one I I felt that was appropriate at the time. But again, like if people don't like something, don't get something, they might be like, yeah, it's boring. So so it kind of still kind no. of. Still, that gap but and i but love the title right and i love that it's yeah, the yeah. secret wars i mean i get it i get the secret wars reference and i you know I've, and that I've, sold toys so again yeah. where are the spider dan toys well i'm I've, i'm gonna have to commission some i'm gonna have to have something maybe um maybe if i get more more uh, patreon patreon subscribers like yourself and thank you again for subscribing and um, i'm happy to do it Yes, yeah. I, I appreciate every every cent, every penny, you know, whatever whatever is your currency. Whatever I the will, translation that comes across, I'll yeah. I'll take yeah. it, I'll take it. And I do, yeah. I do appreciate the time. And again, I, you know, I can tell by what you're referencing, I can tell that you listen a lot. And uh, I do. I, really, I have to say, I really enjoyed your Wanted uh, podcast as well with Dave. I know, yeah, with Dave, because I know you, like me, think it's garbage. But I, And I went into it ready to be like, all right, Dave. But then I was like, upon my reread and just talking through it with him, I'm like, oh, I just, you, it is really mean-spirited. You're right. It, and yeah. and that was why we started talking about Mark Millar, Miller mm. and his dickishness and, and how that translates. But I do think, you know, it was- It's, it was it's, it's always chat. worth it. Yeah, it was, no, I think it was a really good chat and you addressed all the concerns I would have with the book. And it was, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And I was like, I was like, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, it, it might've seemed like I was like, I hate this book. It's horrible. No, I, I felt the about, same way. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but again, there was parts of it I enjoyed. I quite liked the villain. I think he was called Johnny Two Dicks and he's got, he's, yeah. got two, he's got two penises. One of them's evil and talks. And um, talks. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that's a great idea for a villain. Yeah. Um, but again, like the rest of the book, I'm like, eh, you know, and yeah, like, we no. said, like you said, protagonist and hero are very, two, very separate things. Um, but I thought it was, a, it was a fantastic discussion. Probably, probably one of my favorite of yours. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And I'll let Dave know that he's a hero. He and I yes. just were talking this morning to cover um, Ed Brubaker's Pulp. Ooh, you know what? I've not, I've not read any of... I've read Brubaker before. I love Brubaker, but I've not really read any of his independent stuff um, or his, his uh, you know, Pulp or yeah. um, Criminal. And, Criminal, um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's him and Phillips as well. Yeah. 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 Um, pulp is tight. It's like a, it's, it's movie script length. It is, it is special. Hmm. It makes this, what we're about to cover, seem long. That's how short it is. Wow. Okay. But it is... It, there's a lot to say in those 72 pages. If you get a chance, I'd say pick it up. The heart, the uh, paperback just came out. So um, I would say do that. But anyway, today Definitely. we're going to talk about none of those things. Nope. We're, no, no, we're no. going to talk about, 
Well, I let you pick. I was like, hey, do you want to come on? And you 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 narrowed it down to two. Hmm. And I was like, both good choices. And so tell everybody what it is we will be discussing today on so, the show. We are going to be looking at Severed by uh, by Image Comics, by uh, by Scott Snyder, by Scott Taft, and uh, Attila Futaki, I believe. Attila Futaki. I say Futaki, so that's what we're going with. Yeah, we'll go with we'll go with Futaki. Um, yeah, and it's basically these again. I didn't want to come on like. With Max, I came on and I was like, here's this grand epic cosmic saga. Which um, was great though. What a great epic cosmic great. saga. Yeah. But I, I, what I appreciate about comics is you have the ability to tell any story. Like you have, the, like, much like a novel, you have the ability to tell any story with, you know, the same budget. Like any story can be told with the same amount of money, the same amount of people involved or more, you know, depends. But I love that. And I, I felt that this was a tight, concise, strong um, story that was told. And again, very small story, very minuscule in its, you know, cosmology, if you will. Um, And I felt like it was so strong in just, it's so simple. It's a very straightforward story. It's not got a lot of twists and turns, but sometimes I want that. Sometimes I just want, you know, a one and done, you know, A to B story uh, that's enjoyable and done well. And this is that book. Um, I'll give you a kind of a brief synopsis. We are, the story is set in 1916. So this is around kind of, uh, I believe what America's, they called it the progressive era. It was progressive yeah. time. Post-world, so. Yeah, post-World War II, one, pre-depression. Yeah. So like pre-depression. So yeah. Yeah. So there was there was there was a lot of kind of reshuffling and reworking, and um, I think there was a lot of uh, restructuring of politics, restructuring of uh, businesses and how they operate, and making sure that people weren't taken advantage of. Um, you know, which sounds great, but obviously it goes right into the depression, so uh, probably not the not the best. But um, yeah. But I yeah. So we're setting this time. We follow Jack Garren, or um, or is it Break Breakman? Breakman. Breakman is what he changes his name to. Yep. That's mm-hmm. right. So, so he is a he is an adopted young man, um, and he finds a uh, correspondence from his father or an address from his father. Starts sending letters, and he responds and tells him what he's doing. His father is a fiddler, um, musician, and he's a traveling guy. So he's you know going town to town down the road. And this 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 book is about the road and that journey, um, and America. You know. Um, the, the the wide open kind of uh, kind of uh, manifest destiny because it's still kind of so it's 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 weird because it's kind of still sort of the untamed west yet we're moving into that kind of industrial age and um, there's these ra- railroads and roads can get you to every deep and dark corner of america and you can meet some dark and disturbing people which we do in this book um but jack decides to run away from his mother his adopted mother called catherine and uh, and he's basically going to try and meet his father, uh, who has given in him Chicago, in Chicago at the Majestic Theater. I think. Yep, at it. the Majestic. Yeah. And he, yeah, he kind of jumps the train, and and that's that's basically his story. But all the while, we have uh, a character I'm going to call the salesman. I love uh, that name for him. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, he, he doesn't really have a name. He right moves from town to town, but um, nameless baddie. Yeah, name is Buddy, and he is a a man who has has a has a taste for these hopeful, idealistic <laughs> young people, um, and he's he's uh, he's looking 
he's a cannibal effectively and he's looking for these young people and he's going to treat them well and, and give them everything they want until he murders them and eats them and and him and jack are on a, a collision course throughout this story and and that's that's basically it as uh, in a nutshell without spoiling it too much uh, that is the story um but i i absolutely love this um it's unsettling it's disturbing it's creepy it it's the artwork just it is is just as strong as the writing um and it's it's the best horror movie uh, one of the best horror movies put to a comic. And I think, I believe that Scott Taft is more of a screenwriter. He is a than... screenwriter. This was his yeah. first comic book. Wow. Well, I'm going to have to find some more. <laughs> I'm going to find some more of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was good. Um, yeah. But there is, there, is a, there is a sensibility of filmmaking behind it. You can feel it. Um, and and I'm gonna, I'll reveal this to you as well. This is the, only, it's the only comic book. Now, with... With comic books, obviously, with panels and the way the way comics move, um, timing is tricky. Like it's it's not something you can necessarily get right with kind of still images. It's it's a hard thing to master. But this this book gave me a genuine jump scare. Like it was. I think I was in the right mood. I think the lights were off. It's late at night. I was alone, and then you know, and I'm you know, every panel I'm dreading and dreading and dreading. And then, and then turn the page and, you know, um, I think I know which one it was. I think I know which section it was, but I can't be too sure. But, you know, any comic that can do that can get that effect out of me. Because most, most horror movies can't get that effect out of me. Um, so the fact that a comic book, you know, these, just these still images can, can conjure up these feelings and, and, and be so spine chilling um, a book is, it, it's mind blowing to me. And, and that's why it was one of the first ones that kind of came to my head when you, when you asked me, I was like, I was like, that was good. Um, I think I recommended it on Twitter not so long ago to somebody else. And I was like, I should really read that again. And then, and then when you asked me, I was like, well, I know what to read. That um, was all good timing. Yeah, so it was it was it was great. Had you read it before, or well, so I knew of it because again, Scott Snyder's one of those people you just kind of if you're in comics, you know of him. And as we were talking off air, I actually came to him first. That I'm consciously was the Court of Owls hmm. um, was the first stuff that I read. But there's a lot of like that series is really tension filled and a mystery and. Um, secret society and you know who runs the world and that's just kind of right up my alley and mm. I really liked him so so I this was on the list I own it I own a digital copy but it was just sitting there because you know it's like I don't know if you're this way you buy a book and then once you have it you feel less inclined that you have to read it because you've got something from the library mm. um that's because my, my wife is a librarian and so we are library people and um as everyone should be by the way my, my, one of my one of my old acting tutors said it's better to have a book and not read it than to not have the book correct that's well said that's absolutely well said so for me because i'm constantly my to read list is never ending and i'm always getting stuff i look oh this is on hold and this is on hold and our good friend jack just told me um i read uh lindy west's shit actually recently which is like her i don't know if you know what that is it's like she writes these essays of, like about 90s films and it's really it's really pretty funny um and you can tell which movie she doesn't like with that title <laughs> so i said jack if you had shit actually and he's like oh yeah so he told me so i now have a book sitting here called life moves pretty fast everything we learned from 80s movies 
So it's like, so I'm constantly getting stuff. So with Severed, it's just literally been sitting. I bought um, a Humble Bundle a while back um, and it was all image stuff. So I've got like thousands of image collections. So I've had this for a while uh, in the drawer, so to speak, in the digital drawer. And so I needed the impetus to be like, dude, it's a hundred pages sit. You'll, it'll take you an hour and a half, sit and read it. Yeah. So um, I hadn't, I knew what it was or I thought I knew what it was. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and then when I read it, I was like, I did not know what that was. And so then I read it and then I read it again. Hmm. It was that good because um, I felt it is not a, it's not a book that can be done once. If you just read it once, you've missed not just the point, but everything about it. You've missed the, the little details. You've missed uh, Futaki's work. Um, who is, the, he's the, I mean, while you're right, Snyder and Tuft are amazing. I think Futaki's mm. the star of this Absolutely. book. Absolutely. No, I 100% I, I agree with you. I think the art is, I, I think the art does the heavy lifting, um, but I still respect the, the work that, that oh. Tuft and Snyder put in, but I agree that the, the artwork drives it above and beyond what it what it could have been i think if if you had a poorer artist on this it would be rubbish right i agree i totally agree and that's and i think where them snyder being such a great writer and tough being a filmmaker i think they know i think good art good writers know when to get out of their artist's way i think i think one of the best working film film writers slash comic writers today is brian edward hill and he always gets out of his artist's way he is, he doesn't, he seems like such a, I follow him on Twitter. If you don't follow Brian Edward Hill on Twitter, he's such a great, he's like so positive and so fun. And he's just such a fun guy to follow. But like, that's part of him. He feels like he's like a really giving guy and he just wants everybody to be in a good place. And so I feel like what they did is they wrote a story. And then when they, like you said, when they saw what they had, the photographer was like, let's get the fuck out of his way and let him tell our, we are still going to write the story but let's let him tell it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that works. And maybe that's, do you think that's why the jump scare worked for you? Because it's it's not Chris Claremont levels of <laughs> I was gonna, wordiness. I, I was going to mention Chris Claremont. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know Dave talks about him a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, and I, I love Chris, Chris Claremont Me for too. what he is. You know, yeah. What he does, what he is. But, um, but yeah, he is very wordy. It, it is the kind of the J.R. Tolkien of comics almost. It's like, I'll describe absolutely everything. Um, no, I, th I think you're right. I think for me, I've, I've noticed that trend in comics. Like if you, if you look over the years, like you can see the, the text gets less and less and smaller and, and you getting through a comic becomes much easier, much more streamlined. And I think, I think the less dialogue you have, the more effective a lot of the other stuff can be like, I get, I get why it needs to be there. And I get why the little, you know, the panel boxes and, you know, the, it's a, it's a changing art form. And I, I think, I think you are correct. I think the, the more the, the, some of those, some of those images alone, like just the, the one panel alone is, is just so full of character. Um, so full of, of dread and tension. The tension is so palpable in this book because you, you honestly, because it, again, it's not like reading Court of Owls where you're like, yeah, Batman will probably survive this. You know, it's- Right, it's, yeah, he's gonna be okay. And anybody is gonna go and anybody can go anytime, anything can happen. Um, and it's so, and I think as well, like, because it's children that are in peril, 
and like serious peril, not just like, oh, I fell over or, oh no, I'm trapped in a, you know, an ancient dungeon. What will I do? It's, you know, it is, it, it, it reminds me a lot of, of it. So, so I, I love the new film. I, I, can't, I like the miniseries as well, but when the children become adults, I stop caring. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I just, I, I lose all interest in the, in the film. Um, you know, it's, they're not bad. It's not, it doesn't make, make it awful. I just, it's not as, as tense or it's not as, you know, relatable or scary because I think it's, it's those childhood fears and this, you know, this mystery abductor and things like that. Um, I was reading, I was just reading through the letter pages in, within the book. Um, and one of the people who wrote in said they had a similar experience to this book. Uh, which is which is terrifying to me that that anything like this could happen to a human being or a child or whoever Holy shit. you know yeah um, he he said I think in the it's in it's in the digital copy I have on the comicsology version and he says that somebody you know he, he went with somebody they took him to a basement but for some reason they let him go and then that actually affect probably affected him more because he was always worrying this person was going to come back or you know or do something or you know why would they let them go why would they just change their mind all of a sudden uh, that was that would play on his his mind for the rest of his life sort of thing so so that that's another thing i love about this book is is even though it is you know it's about a cannibal who has you know he wears false dentures and under the dentures are razor sharp shark teeth you know that is obviously it's quite ludicrous it's ridiculous however it's the realism within that and the way the story is told that it, it, it's at its most powerful, I think. Um, uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the ending towards the end. Um, the wraparound story is the yeah, weakest part of it. Yeah. I, yes, I agree. There is that that whole section. Um, for me, like reading it again, I went, "This is weak. This we didn't need any of this." No, nope. um, right, and we'll definitely we'll, we'll end on that because I feel yeah. like um, because that's where we have to. Um, yeah. I'm with you, the wraparounds, but I don't want to go there yet. We've still got other things to say. So Absolutely. he is a cannibal, but he's also somewhat immortal. So the question we we had on Twitter, our Twitter, Twitter chat and before we started is, mm. is this a variant of, a, is this a vampire lore? We mm. see him in the sun. He apparently doesn't seem to have any weaknesses, but no. but he is, you know, but there's this idea of, he needs he needs to feed on humans and obviously vampirism is that and there's this i you know obviously when stoker wrote it you know you can everybody's always says oh you know you look at the sexual stuff the the sexual lechery of vampirism and vampirism is a sex act but i always have thought of vampirism as um not as a sex act although there's plenty of sexy vampires and i get that Fine, you yeah. know, I covered the vein on here, which is a great book, and that is about sexy vampires. It's fine. I'm down yeah. with that. But there's also this idea of parasites. Vampirism is parasites, and the commentary on things, and uh, you know. So I almost wonder that the, the is 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 that what this is? Is this a, is there some commentary on the parasitic nature of? of people like the salesman or mm. on these like street ruffians and is, mm. are they the parasites and he's the cure? Um, you know, and obviously he's not a vampire, he's a cannibal, but he is immortal. So um, I or guess- is he? I, or is or he? Or is he? Mm. Let's talk about that. So, so there, is a, there is a statement he makes towards the end of the book saying that I've been doing this for centuries. Yeah. So 
but again that you can take that with a pinch of salt because that's the only real reference to it and then mm -hmm. again we'll talk more about the wraparound like we said yeah but but for me um i think that he's just insane um i don't think there's anything supernatural about him i think it does feel like a supernatural story yeah but um, there is that that element of you know the supernatural and the the evil, but I think I think that's quite a good. Uh, I'll agree you pointed out because of the the parasitic nature of of the people within the story and you know around that that time itself. You know it's a, it was a hard time. It was hard to get a job. You know people are on the road. They're going from town to town, um, from place to place, just looking for a hot meal. Um, you know wherever they could make any money, they were going and. And it was hard going, and and that tra the train scene alone just immediately introduces Jack to a horrific world that he has never experienced. Had no idea could possibly had no exist. idea, and exactly, and 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 you know horrific things are about to happen to him. But luckily, he's saved by probably my favorite character in the whole story by Sam. Um, yeah, and yeah, but the, again, that 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 kind of everyone is trying to get something out of somebody else. Like even Sam plays into that. Like, you know, um, Sa Sam is a, a runaway or kind of street kid, um, kind of artful dodger type. And and she, she disguises herself as a boy to protect herself because she knows that horrible, horrific things will happen to women and, you know, any, any kids uh, who are out on the road and unprotected. And, and that is why she does that. That's another layer of her protection. But she also, you know, she strikes up a friendship with Jack, um, but while also kind of, she's, she's loyal and she's protective, but however, you can tell that at a moment's notice, she will bolt. She will do what's best for her and she will look after herself. And there's a moment where, you know, they're not, Jack doesn't trust her. And, you know, it's, it's like, oh, you're, you're taking advantage of my fiddling skills. Um, you know, you, you know, my, my violin skills. I think it's a violin he plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's the Whatever same thing. Plays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think his mom says it's a, He's going to be first viola, which is a that's slight, right, yeah. but whatever. He's yeah. he's busking is what he's doing, and yeah, that's he's, yeah. he's a busker, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, and and the fact that she's kind of helping, she's like selling it. She's the salesperson. Yeah, like, she's you know, really good at it. Yeah, yeah. And she she's a great character and a great kind of a great female kind of lead character as well. She's got a lot of agency. You know, it's not it's not that she's just there. It's not like a lot of comic books where she's there and she's got you know broken back syndrome. You know, but you know be, being this sexy thing. She's just a regular kid, you know, young kid, teenager, that's just doing that thing. And, and she, for me, has got the most depth and the most, you know, story to tell uh, within this book. Um, and that's why I like her so much as a character. I mean, all the characters are great, but I had a, I had a special affection for, for Sam in this. And, and I think a, a lot of people will reading it. Um, but yeah. That, You're supposed the, to, I yeah. think. But like yeah. you were saying, the, the parasitic nature, you can see that. And again, it, it's kind of juxtaposed to this, this idea of this progressive era, because you don't really see that. You see this kind of harsh environment. You see people struggling, starving, you know, hunting and, and you know, as prostitutes and various other things. There's people being robbed and, um, you know, butchered and what have you. Um, 
but you do see that progressive kind of era within within the dreams and hopes of of the children within the story like they want to be you know they want to learn how to be an electrician and, and get a good paying job and have a house and you know have a family and and do all that and jack wants to meet his dad and play music and live together uh, and then sam you know i don't think sam reveals exactly what she wants to do or she's figured it out yet but again she's hopeful yet a little jaded um about what's happened and what she's experienced already um but again that that's what makes her intrinsically the most interesting character within this book 100 percent, yeah because sam she tells us in a throwaway line that again you got it this is why you got to pay attention you know because the, the the dialogue is sparse but when it's there it's important and i think that that also helps the way that snyder and tuff's writing style is if there's going to be words on a page we better pay attention and so sam has a line about um, and she, she essentially escaped the lecherous uncle hmm. who had had bad intentions for her because she was a teenage girl. And yeah. so she had to get out of there. And we know that the, the implication is nothing happened. She got away before anything happened. But hmm. that also, like you mentioned, the real story about the person, Sam is also always looking over her shoulder then, right? Because she's a girl, because she comes from a family of assholes who would do that. And so she's constantly terrified. And I think what, but what makes her so lovable as a character is she seems at ease. She's not, she's always awake. She's always, you know, ready to go at a moment's notice, like you said, but she also has found some sort of peace in her life. So maybe, maybe her plan is to just be a street barker. Like maybe she doesn't yeah. have a plan. Maybe like there's freedom in the tr in being transient because if she settles down somebody could find her yeah she'll be in danger she can be found she can be but that's that's also the advantage that the salesman has Correct. is that is that anonymity and that ability to just go anywhere and be anybody and and do what you want with anybody and and you know parasitically feed off the people you need to feed off um you know that's kind of and that's why it kind of all kind of rolls up into this wonderful ball of, of tangled kind of circumstances um but yeah it's it's kind of it's almost like a blessing and a curse to to have that ability because i think like deep down we all we all want an escape sometimes we all want to get away like when something gets a bit too much you like i like i i, I personally will will have a backup plan for almost you know everything every personal situation financial situation yeah. uh, you know living situation you name it i will always have like there'll always be a way out for me and i don't like the idea of feeling trapped and i think there is like you said there's we, there's there's a, a benefit to that and there's also potential danger and 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 the potential fall or or failure of those those ideas and those schemes um but but within that i think there's such such good kind of storytelling and story story moments that can be told and opportunities for these characters to be fleshed out um i think the setting is actually really important for the story as well and i think you know you could you could have set this in modern day potentially but i don't think it would have worked as well he has to well this this goes back to your idea of of him just being a crazy person but also he couldn't exist if whether he's just a crazy person or whether he's an immortal being, it can't work now. Cell phones have ruined everything, <laughs> storytelling wise. Yeah. 
he, as you mentioned, he just takes over someone's life. So he's, he, the reason salesman is a great name for him because that's what he does. He takes over the identities of other salesmen. And in 1916 in America, there was no photo ID. Photo ID is a relatively new thing. So, so all he needs is a business card. A business card seems to be enough. And I always blows like when you, I don't know if you ever read any old Mickey Spillane books. Uh, my, my I've, heard, I've heard of them, but I've, yeah. I've not read them. No. And, and so um, Robert Parker did this in his Spencer books too. Is is it was like a, a love letter to that a little bit. But like the detective would show up and they'd be like, "I'm a detective," and he'd give him his card. But like somehow, oh, you've got a business card, so you must you must be a real. Really, like anybody could make yeah, up. So. Just... So, but in this, that's what works for him. Is he's got a business card with a name on it, and they're like. Oh, yep, you must be who you are, because why would you have a card with this guy's name on it? As though that couldn't have been faked in any way, shape, or form. So, mm. so this idea of it, the setting is perfect, because if you set it in modern day, mm. that doesn't work. You can't pretend to be someone else without having a whole bunch of other people in your, unless you're an amazing Photoshopper and you have yeah. a portable printer and everything. Like the amount of effort and time it would take to fake credentials in 2020. True, true, yeah. Or like, this was written in 2013. So mm. to me, that setting was more important because it makes, because you said, you don't think this is a supernatural story. Like, like yeah. and so even, so, so what makes it more rooted in reality is that, mm. is that he could just be anybody anytime he wants. It reminded me of watching, you know, these kind of Netflix documentaries on the serial killers and stuff. And you hear these kind of, you know, in the 70s and 80s and you're like, well, they've got DNA, haven't they? They've got DNA. They'll, they'll figure it out. And they're like, no, they don't have DNA. And also the states don't communicate with the other states. So if they've got a serial killer in that state, you've also got a serial killer in this state. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the same guy. So right. again, that works for this story. It's like... yeah. Yeah, these these kids have gone missing in Ohio, and then these kids these kids are missing in Seattle. Or I, I don't know American geography, so apologize wherever that may be. Um, I don't even know UK geography, so don't even ask. You know, <laughs> you're up at the top. That's all that matters. Yes. Yeah, I know. I'm in the I know I'm in the north of England, and nothing else. You're not matters. to Scotland, and that's all that matters. No, you're, not you know? that's not that far. Not far, <laughs> far. Um, I love I love Scotland. Scotland's amazing. I, I do. Yeah. One of my first acting jobs was in Scotland. Absolutely. Um, a tremendous snow though. I almost got ran over by the the van we were uh, pushing up a hill once. That was fun. Uh, not fun at all. No. But but I I mean with my acting history as well. Like um, I'm not really doing it so much anymore. But it it is very much a similar kind of. You're on the road. You're traveling. You you're not being paid very much. You're living with people you don't necessarily like a lot of the time. But you've you've got to do it, and that's part of the job. And I think and again it's with these kind of busky musicians and that sort of thing and the salesmen. It's just. You just got to, you know, um, I think um, was it, uh, Dick Jones and Robocop says it best, says it best when he says, uh, good work is where you find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice uh, Verhoeven drop. Boom. I know. We're done. Mm. Show's over now. What are That's you going to do after that? It. Yeah. Exactly. No. <laughs> no. We'll keep going. Here's the thing, though. Here's my question about all of that. Mm. Um, and I don't, I'm, a, I'm an English teacher, but I'm a history nerd. I find history fascinating. Um, and what I always like about works like this is while this is a story about a cannibal and it's terrifying and all this, it's also a story about American history that we don't see. You, you touched on this earlier. Mm. There's everywhere you go, there's the real history. 
And then there's the history that makes it into the books. And of course, history is, is the history books can only have so much. So you can't drop a 14,000 book page book on a kid's desk and say, learn this. So what happens is every time the next thing happens. So in America, when 9-11 happened, that meant something else had to come out of the history book because that had to go in, right? Mm. And then when the next thing happened, then something else had to come out of the history book. So what you end up getting is this really polished and overly revised version of history. So this, take, they wrote it in 2016, 2013, it's taking place essentially a hundred years prior hmm. when, like you mentioned, it's this, it's this progressive era and America's ex westward expansion and we're colonizing the West. And, you know, I mean, 20, in 2016, you know, if you remember, like the railroads hadn't full, fully been built for that long. And, you know, you're only talking 50 years in at this point. And so, so you're right, the, the, what we think of as Chicago is like this great big city was just a shithole still. It was still just a dirty, mucky shithole that wasn't fully formed yet. And so, so anyway, there's this dirty undercurrent of history being told in this story that I think also makes it seem supernatural to some people. Be like, like yeah. you, you know, but anyway, so what are your thoughts on using art? This is my question. Sorry, it took me a while to get there. I'm using art and specifically horror stories. Mm. I think horror stories do a great job of exposing reality. To me, the reason the Romero zombie movies are so great is because the zombies are never the bad guys in any of those movies. Yeah. Romero did social commentary. He didn't do history. Like to me, the Romero movies need to hold up forever and be forever kept as snapshots of the society in which they were made. Absolutely, yeah. I, um, so I think that's the historical record. So what do you make of that, of art and particular horror comics as a as a detailed look at the historical record? My reaching. Yeah, um, I think I, I love I love Romero, and I I personally believe it, with a with a piece of art, if you're not, I have some people some friends that are you know into comics and stuff, and they're they're a little older than myself, and they're. They're a bit. They're a bit. Um, you know, they don't like the the social kind of the SJW type kind of liberal sensibilities of messages within art. But I think you know, if you're not trying to say something, there's no point in doing it. There's no point in being an artist unless you have uh, a perspective or an opinion on something. I remember I went to an art gallery once. And I, I went up to uh, went up to the lady whose art it was, and I said, I said, I really like your piece of art. It makes me think of this. It makes me feel this. And then she went, No, you're wrong. And I was like, um, The art is subjective. So, so if I've not got what you're trying to say, then maybe that's fine, you know. Or maybe you need to work on that a bit harder so I can get that feeling. But I, my life and the way I've lived it has given me a certain perspective, and this is the perspective. Don't tell me what I think. <laughs> basically, nice. yeah. um, I was I was polite about it. I was polite, yeah. but I was kind a little of like, nicer I, than that. But still, yeah, yeah. yikes. That's basically what I said. But yeah. within you know, but polite and being nice and and stuff. But you can't you can't go around. And I believe much like Romero, if you're not trying to say something with your art, what's the point? And and I think horror always reflects um, society at that time. At, what are we afraid of? You know, um, is it terrorism? Is it you know? Is it uh, pedophilia? Is it 
cannibalism you know what what are the um, what are they you know like vampires for example you know they've changed and altered and and become different depending you know there's films about vampirism as addiction or vampirism yeah. as things like that so there's there's always an allegory or a metaphor to be made with a piece of art and i think within comics you know i love you know i love my plip like the the history like i love uh, the original secret empire with captain america where you know nixon was almost revealed as being the 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 evil guy behind everything but we we never see his face you know i i love that risk like the 1970s marvel is amazing for the the types of risks they were taking they were like you know what let's make satan a superhero no no stan no stan we can't we can't make satan yeah. a superhero <laughs> We can't do that. The, the, you know, the Catholics will be after us. The Christians, everyone's gonna be after yeah. us. You're like, okay, maybe the son of Satan then. Uh, you know, that would be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but you know, he was trying to. You know, and I, I love, I love Stan for that because he's he's very much the businessman. He's going, what's hot right now? Uh, martial arts. Okay, Shang Chi, Iron Fist. What's Done. Hot right yep. now? Yeah. Uh, Black exploitation. Quick, Luke Cage. You know, he he. You know, I love that about him. And and you know, these weird and wacky characters. Like, I'm a big fan of of the Man Thing from Marvel Comics. I think yeah. that's one of the that's one of the best horror comics out there people people lord you know alan moore swamp thing which is great but i think there's a lot of influence from uh, steve gerber's man thing so go and go and check out steve gerber's man things great quintessential 70s horror marvel um fantastic stuff but but yeah i think i think um somebody asked me recently on a youtube channel they said um what do you think the next thing in, in horror is going to be and i said well, we're gonna we're gonna hear from people um, that have been marginalised. We're gonna hear we're gonna hit, see a trans horror story. We're gonna see LGBT horror stories. We're gonna hear you know any of those kind of um, you know marginalised people, uh, whoever that may be, and whatever you know, whatever your gender, race, religion, whatever that might be. That is for me is the next step in horror um, is where they're gonna take it and what stories they can tell uh, about their experiences and tell that story to a wider audience audience um but i think horror is culturally it's a you know, art holds a mirror up to society we've always said that and i think horror does that especially well because we'll always be afraid that's an internal um you know just just a natural thing we'll always be afraid of something there'll always be a fear in the back of our mind you know in the subconscious you'll be afraid of something whether it's you know financially you you know you run out of money or you know as simple or as complex or maybe it's just spiders you know um who knows but there will always be something that that worries you um for me like for me the real horror films for me are the ones about like depression and loneliness and like the real dramas like if it's some guy like slashing somebody up or a cannibal biting somebody that's like ah, that's fine but th th those are the scary things for me it's like oh my god you know but, or you know complete com you know missing a few bills and then you're homeless and stuff like that that's for me those are the real horror stories um but yeah i think i think horror i love horror and i do a lot of horror on my channel as well yeah. um because that's kind of and it kind of fits in with a, a lot of horror is cult as well there's a lot because there's so much horror that's been churned out because it's always popular and it's easy to make it's cheap makes a lot of money that sort of thing so i always i always tend to go back to that uh, and some people like one of my friends came up to me one of my guests rasheen she came up and said i didn't even know you're into horror i was like really and you know i've always been into horror and stuff but but yeah i think you are absolutely right and i think like you were saying it's a reflection of the horror at that time and you said 
you know, like, yeah, this, this grand progressive kind of reality is not the true reality. It's not the true story. It's just a generalized version of what was happening at that time. But we don't know the, you know, the individual experiences that people went through as horrific as they may be, or as nice as they may be. Well, you know, unless we get like a, you know, a biography autobiography by people, you know, how do we know these stories? If they're, you know, these could be massive stories and could be bestsellers, but we don't know until, you know, those people take the time to, to tell those stories. Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like, I don't know if you've read Howard Zinn's The People's History of the U.S. Um, you know, you're not American, so why would you care? Probably. It I, probably I care. I care. No, no, I understand, but I'm not saying you, but like, at, like maybe it wasn't released over there. Like to me, I'm like Howard Zinn, but then I was like, wait, as it was coming would, out of my you mouth. Of course you would have read that. <laughs> like, why would you have read that? Why would that be there? But if you get a chance, Howard Zinn's People's History, okay. and he kind of does what you're saying is he mm. is, and I, this feels very similar to that. That was the vibe I was mm. getting when I was reading this. Mm. Um, so I think we should do two more things. I mean, again, the beautiful thing about comics and art is yeah. that we can talk for almost an hour now yeah. and we've not, there's a million things we can't touch. So I have two things I would like to discuss. Okay. One is the, well, we're, we, the wraparound story is the last yeah. one, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea and the way that um, uh, Futaki does the work, does the heavy lifting, the duplicitous nature of humanity that is, on full display and in some literally with the white line right down the middle of the salesman's face. Mm. Um, this kind of goes back to just this conversation we were having, but this just the real who, so we know that the salesman is the monster, but early on there's plenty of other monsters in this yeah. Yeah. book. So what do you make of that commentary about that, that the Scots are making about, um, you know, duplicity and, uh, you know, and is there a, is, do they give us a way to find it? Like, are they giving us a roadmap? Or are they just like saying like, be aware and don't trust anybody? I don't, I don't think they're saying, I, I don't think it's cause, cause Sam is a, you know. She's again, also like, duplicitous. Yeah. 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 She, she's, she's duplicitous, but I, th I think there's, and again, in, but I, I, I felt that at the end, she was still trying to help him. Yeah. You know, she was still trying to find out. She was trying to meet the boss of of the salesman and trying to figure that out. She sent the letters to to Catherine, the mum, to to make her aware of the situation. So I think even even though you know, and I, I it's 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 tricky because it's I don't think it's just like don't trust anybody. I don't think it's as simple as that, and I don't think it ever will be. But I think I I think I read a quote somewhere recently where it said the easiest way to trust somebody or to find out if you can trust them is to put your trust in them. Um, sure. And I, I think that's kind of the case here. Um, but yeah, Sam, Sam is potentially could just, just fly off and do her own thing and take, take the viola, you know, and sell it or do what she wants. But she has this connection. She has this deep kind of connection and, 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 and she wants to protect Jack because again, he's new to all this. Um, but I, I think there is, there is, yeah, there is. There's always a. It, it highlights the dark side that everybody has. Everyone has a, a dark side, or you know, even even a stray dark thought like, "Oh, that kid's so annoying. I wish I could just throttle him." You know, we we all do it. It's 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 totally natural. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, we've all done it. We've all done it. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and that and that's. I think that is on show. But I also think the desperation of people is on show, and the desperation of having, you know, a human connection or a physical connection, or you know. Even the salesman, he wants to he wants to have that connection with with these children, 
to enrich their lives to a point where they're going to be even more delicious in his in his view if yeah. he gives them a better life he'll make them more delicious so so there is there is yeah there's there is duplicity and and he's he's always so insidious like every look every panel that so he's in good. is it's delicious how evil he is and you can just and you know like for the whole time you know it's not like surprise he's evil like you know from the get go he is a horrific human being if he is even a human being and what what i like about uh, futaki's work is the use of shadow uh, especially with the salesman because a lot of the time he's wearing this hat um it's kind of uh, i don't know what type fedora. It is. yeah yeah we'll call it a fedora um but because of that the shadows are cast over his eyes and you don't and obviously the eyes are the window to the soul and that to me futaki is saying this this guy doesn't have a soul. His eyes are as black as his soul, um, and, and that's why he's they're constant, almost constantly in shadow because he's not he's not a human being really. Like, you know, whether he's you know supernatural or not, he's he's anything but human. Even if he is human, he's anything but what correct. He's a, yeah, he has human inhuman being. tendencies. We'll say. Absolutely, yeah, yeah t- totally inhuman. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a tough one because there there is I think all the characters apart from Jack have this duplicitous nature. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like that, I think people can will any but the nicest person will have an agenda. You know, even if the agenda the agenda can be as some as simple as I'm going to be really good friends with this guy. You know, it can be as simple as that. That's still an agenda. That's still an right. agenda. As, as good or as bad as it is, that is you have a plan or a plot and but, or you want something. But yeah, it's, it's, it's how you go about that, I think. But Jack does have, because he changes his name and he, right? So he is pretending yeah. to be Jack Brakeman instead of Jack Guerin. He does have this, like you said, he has an yeah. agenda that is different from the life that he's, his life is actually pretty great and yeah. he's such an idiot. Um, I One of my favorite things that happens in this entire story though, is the directness, like, I always, to me, the best jokes are the ones that are said out loud that are like the person says the thing and nobody listens. And it's, and you're like, throughout this entire book, nobody really lies. Other, even the salesman, except for pretending he's got somebody else's name, he tells everybody right behind these teeth are some razor sharp teeth. And that's just the truth. He just says it. And Jack, at the very beginning, he tells his mom he's going to run away and be a hobo. She's like, oh, you. Hmm. And then he goes and does it. So, and, and Sam never is trying to pretend she's not what she is. And so so there that's the thing is this concept yeah. of, of duplicity is there, but mm. everybody's also saying it out loud. So is it so much that 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 the duplicitous nature is just on you just gotta pay attention. Mm. Everybody's saying things. People want to tell you stuff. People want to tell you whatever it is. They want to let it out. Yeah. And I, it, I do, it, we're I not listening. Think- yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he says, says there's that, yeah, the thing about the teeth and the thing yeah. about, and, and it's funny because it's true, because it it's happens, true. It you know, was, uh, and, yeah. that, and that's that's where the humor lies. But yeah, I just, yeah, I guess I guess Jack is duplicitous in a way because he, he doesn't tell his, his mom. So he, yeah, he has an agenda. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, until you said that, I hadn't really thought about it because I've seen him as this kind of pure spirit, this, this you know, this like innocent, which he really isn't. You know, he's not an innocent, you know. Especially yeah, he's been when, lying to his mom with the letters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been lying and he's, you know, he's trying to get there and he's he's doing certain things to get 
to where he needs to be and agreeing to things and and what have you. But yeah, I didn't really think about his duplicitous nature because because he has such a I get I guess because because I was like I'm I'm quite like I I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit I think as as a person and I think. I was saying, like, you know, you you tend to see yourself as the protagonist, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm not duplicitous at all. I'm um, the best. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the best. I'm the best person I know. I'm great. Um, so, but but no, I I, I like that you brought that up because I, I hadn't really thought about that until you you mentioned it. So, well, that was that was good. Yeah, um, yeah, fantastic, awesome. fantastic story. Um, let's I, I talk about the stinker. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So we, at the first issue and the last issue, there is a wraparound framing device, um, which is set, uh, I think set kind of modern day or 90s or? Um, well, I mean, he's an old man with grandchildren. Yeah. So yeah, I, probably. Eight, eight, yeah, maybe like 80s, 90s. 80s, 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so probably in one of those eras. And it's very like, it's very well lit. It's, it's, it's the kind of Rockwellian kind of family home and stuff and everything's nice. And he's just sat there. Uh, and then somebody says, oh, somebody knows you. Um, they've given me this. And he gets given a piece of paper. And he looks at it and he's like, oh no, I never told anybody about this. This is always a lie. Um, you know, I said, I lost my arm in the war. Da, 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 da. And then, and then, you basically starts telling the the actual story, the full story, and then the last issue, we go back to that, and he's he's at the it's the same exact same scene, like seconds after he's running out of the house and he's looking around because he's been given that that photograph of his father that he had and that he was he was searching for all this time, and and that ended up in the house um, at the end. Again, not going to spoil it too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, but he found, he gets it back and he's like, how could I have got this back? This was destroyed. I thought this was destroyed. Um, and then he, he sees or thinks he sees the salesman walking past. Um, so for me, I, I didn't like this. I, I kind of forgot about it the first time, the first time I read it, I just like must, cause all the other stuff is so good. I was like, mm. You know, I just, I kind of dropped that away. And I think for me, I, I like to think if that scene is in the book, if, if it did happen, I like to think that he imagined it or maybe something else. I'm not sure. But for me, it takes away what we've discussed, the realism, that history, that cultural context, the, and, and the real spine chilling fear of, you know, of, of, of people being in trouble and that, that real, pure human evil even though he is an inhuman being it's a human you know it's a believable evil you know if he starts growing wings and massive fangs then it kind of takes away from that like i can believe he's you know he's done like a killer croc and like sawed his teeth to a point you know i can yeah. believe that in the character you know he, he cuts himself you know every salesman he becomes he cuts that that kind of like if he's a salesman of a, a phonograph i think he becomes in the book he cuts a kind of a, a very kind of rudimentary tattoo with some ink into his body um so for me yeah i just i just felt it, it kind of it was like yes 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 this is all good and then uh, right at the end but again it's it, it's like the last page or two so i was kind of yeah. I kind of i'll forgive it a little bit but still i was like this would have been better without it. I think it was just the straight story. Uh, it's the same with like, when I went to see Captain Marvel, it's not one of my favorite Marvel movies because they kind of, for, for various reasons, I don't, think, I don't think it was the best directed movie. I don't blame any of the actors or anything. I just think the direction, the writing was a bit- They had two directors. I think that's yeah, always exactly. a problem. Yeah. Yeah, that as well. And, and I, 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 
what they did, they obviously went, people are sick of the Marvel origin model. So we can't do the Marvel origin model anymore. So let's mess up our memories and do it back to front and do a Tarantino-esque thing. And it didn't really work for me. Um, but, you know, I, I do need to watch that again, to be fair, and kind of reevaluate it. But again, it's not one of my favorites. But again, the the that that I feel like it's a bit like a, it's like the opposite of a shit sandwich. You've got <laughs> the shit, the shit is the bread and the good stuff is in the middle. In the middle. <laughs> I feel uh, that's well said. That's such a great image. Again, you're just look, think of all the merchandise that you're going to make for the Spider Dan website. Now, oh, that yeah. is an image of that show. Um, but my issue with it is it takes all the stakes away. It, and and the, the, my struggle always with any prequel is when you know, like, I again, we talked off air a little bit about the uh, Pennyworth show, hmm. and I love it, but. It's all, I know that the main, our main three people, Alfred, Martha, and uh, Thomas are all gonna live because they have to. Um, so that takes some of the stakes away. I, I'm never worried that Alfred's not gonna make it. And so on Pennyworth, they definitely killed off some characters just because they wanna be like, we can, so we're gonna. But my concern with this book is, every, is, is by knowing, the, by starting with the wraparound story, I know Jack will live until yeah. the end to be an old man with a family and so as great as everything is and to be fair the first time through you forget and then you get to the end and you're like well so the second read I went back through immediately like I said to just like find things but but it's so much less enjoyable when you know he's the hero is going to live the stakes are lower and so I, I don't I don't to me, that's what the rapper, I get, and I didn't see what you were going to say. So I appreciate that you were thinking it, the supernatural element kind of ruins it. For me, thinking it was a bit supernatural, it was just the stakes are low. And so yeah. now we're supposed to worry that maybe all these years later, the salesman's going to come get him. I didn't care about an old man. I cared about a 12-year-old boy. And mm -hmm. so that's to me, is what the wraparound story does poorly. Uh I agree. Is I agree it, with that. I agree with that as well. Totally. That was that was my feeling as well. But yeah. I think because because initially I was like I couldn't even if it did have a wraparound I couldn't really remember how the supernatural the supernatural thing just felt felt very tagged on at the end. Yeah. I was like oh by the way I'm supernatural. Bye. I'm still alive. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And but again like you said um, it's like it's like the thing in in it as well like we were saying that you know once they're not a kid you don't care. You stop caring, um, yeah. and and I feel I felt like I felt the same way that you know all yeah. the, all the stuff you're saying, um, I totally totally agree with. Um, and again, uh, I'd, I'd say skip it, but it's not even like a page or two. To be yeah, honest. yeah, no, I mean, I, I would it, probably I would still read it, but it, just know that it's it makes the story that much weaker. Um, however, again, like I said, the 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 main core of the story is excellent uh, it's well oh, yeah. done it's well you know it's it's i was going to say choreographed but yeah i, I guess it, it is, is. A form, it's a it form is. of choreograph yeah yeah, yeah but I um, agree. uh but yeah it's just it's it's superb and it's it's good again i i always like to every so often i love my superheroes i love the marvel and dc stuff but uh, every so often i like to get away i like to find something i like to take a chance i like to put put myself out there and go i might hate this but let's give it a go. And this one was well, well worth the money, well worth my time, well worth rereading it as well and talking about it today. Um, it's just a fantastic book. And if you like Scott Snyder, 
I think you'll like it. Um, I think I think with Taft, he's, he's very good as well. But again, like we said, the artwork is is the is the key thing for me, and the and the key takeaway, uh, the tension, the unsettling feeling, the spine chilling. It's just it leaves you with chills. It does. It leaves you with physical chills and and the tension as well. There's a there's a specific scene with a bear trap, uh, which which is so tense. Because you you don't know you just don't know what's going to happen and uh, and and it's great. Um, I tell you what I tell you what would have been better for the ending if um, if the the old man was called Sam and if maybe you weren't <coughs> sure you weren't sure which kid it was yeah who was going to be the old man so so they they had like a different name they said oh or oh, maybe I I changed my name to Philip after all this happened something like that then then you would never you would not know. Who was until going you to knew, it. yeah, until you yeah. Got to the end of the story, maybe something like that, or like I had to change my identity because of the police investigation. You know, I killed a guy or something. You know, some anything like that would have made that ending that much, you know, that much riskier, that much kind of open. Um, but yeah, I just I agree with you. It's just not. That's that's the only thing. Again, whole book is fantastic. Just, yeah. Just those kind of the wings of the book are not not the best, but yeah, I mean you you can look at all the reviews. There's so many good reviews for it as well. Um, IGN and all these kind of places that review comics, like the big big kind of big sites, they all give it you know amazing reviews. It's in, they're in in the collection as well. You can read those reviews, and and they're 100 right. It is a fantastic read. Again, that's that's my only criticism is the is the framing thing, but apart from that just i would recommend reading it um i hope we've not spoiled it too much but um if you haven't if you haven't already read it read it get on it get it bought you know um it's fantastic and and i've really enjoyed talking about it today it's been yeah really oh good. no me too and normally i always end with who would you recommend it to but you've just done so i don't I would have recommend to. it to to everybody i think the humans think yeah the human, <laughs> all humans uh, listen humans read this read um, this book i think i think if you have a I think if you are uncomfortable with children in peril and children getting hurt, and uh, I think maybe don't read it. Um, again, like some people are more sensitive to things like sure. that. Sure, I don't give a shit. <laughs> no, no. I, I do, no, I do, no, no. I do, I do. Yeah. No, I do. Um, but yeah, I think if or if you, if you're yeah, if you're not into horror, don't read it. <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, you can tell from the cover. This is yeah. not a cover for the and I appreciate the covers like. All right, of the collected edition where the his face is popping out of the page. It's like he's tearing through the cover. Yeah. So you know what you're getting. There's nothing about this cover that makes you think like, oh, I wonder what that's about. Oh, there's a monster with razor sharp teeth. I'm not going to buy that. Yeah. No, I agree. If you're not into horror. But yeah. I mean, if you want a tight story, if you can, um, uh, if you can handle it, it's it's worth a read. And there's, there's layers. I think any good story is layered. Um, and like you said, it's simple. It's a straight A to B story. But there's, there's, oh, well, well, I can think about this. And oh, I can think about this. And there's some, just the artwork. There, there's a poster. There's a, there's a scene in this that's like poster worthy that if you didn't know it was from a horror comic, you could sell it as like a love poster. And I, of, of, of them on the beam. Yeah, it's like, I, that's really it's, sweet. It's indicative of its time because you're building a skyscraper. And it is a sweet moment between Sam and, um, and Jack. And I love it. And I was like, ah. Oh, and it's just this one frame where you're like, if you just sold this one frame, no one would know that it's from this comic book no. with Cannibal. They would have um, no idea what it was. Which, but again, it's that juxt. It's like it gives you a second to breathe, um, and good I mean, art does that. Like I know we've we've said it's a simple story, but it's not without its depth. One hundred percent. Yeah. You know, it's it's. But I I like I like sometimes just. 
you know, I, I like being led by the hand sometimes with stories. And I, I, I sometimes don't have to worry about all the colliding universes and the infinite crises that are going on. I don't have to worry about what's happening here and there. It's just, it's just, we're just, we're just going on this journey. We're just going down the road a little while. Seven books and we're done. Yeah. Come with us. It's an easy read. It's a breeze. Honestly, it's a breeze. You'll, you'll like you, said, you should you read through. it in one sitting. I agree. I, I think you can. Um, and I, I would agree to, to do that, to get the most out of it. I would try and read it in one sitting. Yeah, it's because but... it's very cinematic, as you said. And, and this way, if it's kind of like, you know, you wouldn't want to stop. I mean, I guess I've not seen, I'm afraid of clowns. I've read it, but I've okay. not seen, I've not seen it. I've not seen the book. I've read it to hmm. try to get over my fear of clowns. It didn't help. But um, as you'd be surprised to learn that it didn't <laughs> help me get over it. But um, so I didn't see the film, but I also thought it was strange too, that you're that you put this big gap in the middle of it. It's like, well, that is a big tension crusher. And I know mm -hmm. I'm sure they, you know, it's such a big book, it makes more sense, but just we're in the time of prestige media, just make it a mini series or yeah, give exactly. it to us all at once or whatever. So anyway, but yeah, if you're a fan of it, you would like this a lot, I think for sure. I think um, it has less of the weaknesses that it has. Yes. Yeah. Again, again, we're only saying that this, this is the only thing that we, I think you and I can yeah. pull. That, yeah, that absolutely. The one, the one thread we can go, okay, that doesn't really work. But apart but from the rest that, of it is just superb. Just superb. Well, this has been a delight, Dan. Thank you for coming on, man. Oh, it's been, it's been my pleasure. It's, it's this been... is great. And I can't wait. We'll, we'll be in touch and we'll figure out a time sometime this spring or summer for me to come yeah. and talk Hudson Hawk. And that'll be yeah, of course. a delight. I can't wait to do that. I mean, so I can course, always, we can always record it earlier and I can release it later. Whatever. So. Well, whatever we'll works, you know, sort, we'll sort something. We'll sort something out. I'm not I'm, worried. I'm, the only, the only issue I'm having at the moment is I'm, on, I'm well on my way to my hundredth episode. So I'm, I'm just being, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Congratulations. I'm, I'm being cautious because I've got a, I've got a themed month coming up. So no, I don't wanna, I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> I'm not in a hurry. I've got a theme month coming up. Uh, we're doing a samurai month that everybody. Amazing. The uh, the battalion, as I like to call them, have voted for. Um, so we're going to do. We're going to talk lots of samurai movies, samurai comics, and stuff. Um, so and I samurai cop. Maybe, maybe. That would be so awful. I don't uh, do we'll, we'll see. I've 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 chosen my I've chosen my things. I've, I've nice. I can't wait. Set. We've got some. We've got some Akira Kurosawa in there. We've got some other stuff. Um, got some, yeah, I've got some samurai comic books, some some anime as well. Going to throw some anime in there as well, which I, I'm a, I'm a fan of very certain anime, but you know we'll we'll see what comes out. Um, but yeah, so uh, I've got and uh, me and Jack are going to do our hundredth episode together. So we're going to kind of celebrate um, everything that's come before, kind of talk about our favorite moments, favorite guests, favorite situations. Just just pat myself on the back, basically. Just well, as well you. you should. Well done, well you. Done you. <laughs> I agree. No, well, no, yeah. So I'm not in a hurry. I'm. It's fine. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not rushing it. So whatever it happens, it happens. I'm just yeah. excited. I'm honored and that I, you've asked. And I'd be. I'd be honored to come on again. Um, One hundred percent. Whenever you want me, because yeah, this is great. And I. I could always do. I could always do a reading more indie stuff. So. So if I'll go, I'll go away and I'll go. Right. What can I read? Or what, yeah. what can I reread? And then go. And I'll go. Right. I know what to do. And I'll bring it to your door. Let's do that. Book it. We will have you back on again. That'll be fantastic. So as you're as you are teasing your Samurai Month, how will people find out about Samurai Month? Where would they find you on the interwebs? 
So uh, you can go to the website, which is spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. Um, that has links to uh, all my guest spots, all my episodes, all the, the various apps you can get me on, uh, some frequently asked questions, all sorts of stuff's on there. Um, I'll probably put this podcast on there as well as a link to that. Thank you. Um, because I, I like to celebrate the people who, who bring me on and I try and get them other people to listen as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably the best place, but I'm on uh, Twitter. It's at Dan underscore balls. Instagram, it's Spider Dan Secret Balls. Uh, Facebook, if you just put in the search bar at Secret Balls, that'll come up as well. Those are the main kind of social media I use. There's a YouTube channel as well. Um, but again, same same sort of thing, called the same thing. So you should be able to find. But again, I think the website's probably the best place to go for, for everything. And we'll link to that. There. Yeah, we'll link to that. And then that'll get to much. everybody. Well, yeah. I appreciate it. So I know you know the song. So let me do my thing and then I'll come back to you and you'll tell us what our outro song is. So I don't even know. So this is exciting for me. So if you want to follow me, I am on Twitter at Tricycle Boombox. Um, And uh, if you then are like, I hate Twitter. Why are you only on Twitter? It's because I don't like the other things and I don't know how they work and don't care enough. So, but I do have a website, arfarina.com. You could go there and send me a message. Um, Links to some stories, short stories I've published when uh, links to this show links to, um, well, next month, hopefully by the time this comes out, I have an essay in the upcoming Sequart book on called Judging Dread. I wrote Ooh. an essay for the Judging Dread book that's coming out with Scott Weatherly was the editor. And um, Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, I thought I'm excited about that. Sounded, that sounded yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, Sam Lotfeed is doing the cover of the book. So I have an essay in something that Sam Lotfeed did the cover for. So he is the current cover artist for IDW's Turtles. So he's so... Mm. He's a great, he's been on. Yeah, he's been on my show. He's a great guy. He's a really awesome guy too. So yeah, so you can check all that stuff out. Um, And so obviously every Friday you should listen to this, but you should also tune in, just subscribe to Dan's show, subscribe to Comics in Motion. You can't go wrong. We have now a new new, uh, partnership with Lenovations Press. Um, Be giving away some free comics here pretty soon. So go to Lenovations Press, follow that link there and get some cool Lenovations Press shit. Thank you, Dan. We'll see everybody next time. Bye. Comics in Motion is proud to be sponsored by Renovations Press, home of the world-renowned tracksuit man, the story about traveling to which we can all relate and something we've all missed this last year. Renovations Press continues to make the decades-long quest to bring quality, independent comics to the masses with three comics each year featuring the supergroup slash government experiment gone wrong, section 12. Click the link in the show notes for more information about how you can buy some high-quality, independent comics. And stay tuned because... Each time a new issue comes out in 2021, Comics in Motion listeners will be eligible to win free copies of Section 12. Click that link, check out Lenovations Press, support them on Patreon, you'll be happy you did. What started as just an appearance on Indie Comics Spotlight has turned into an excellent partnership between Comics in Motion and Lenovations Press. We look forward to bringing you some amazing content 